welcome to the podcast, Degree of Doubt. You are listening to me, Jacob, and sat next to me, we have Joe. In these podcasts, we'll be covering a range of subjects that we find interesting. Yeah, so the topics we pick, we hope, are ones that people might not have thought about before, or if they have done, they already think they know their opinion on what it is. Uh, we hope that by exploring the subjects, we might create a degree of doubt um, in each other, but also in anyone listening at home. With that, let's get into our first degree of doubt subject. Yeah, so I think we're going to kick it off with talking about something that's very relevant at the moment. We're going to talk about um, politics and sport, and to what extent politics should be in sport, and to what extent sport should be a vehicle for having political change. There's a lot going on in the world at the moment. We've obviously got um, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and particularly in the Premier League and other sports, there's been quite a lot of um, discussion and activism, effectively, from fans, um, from uh, sporting bodies, and from the government themselves a bit. It's not a, it's not a new issue. Um, we've got a few examples I think we're going to talk through um, where basically sports being used as a vehicle to get political change. So we're going to discuss to what extent that is the right thing and perhaps make anyone that ever does listen to this uh, have a little think about um, whether they think that sports should be a vehicle for politics. We know there's arguments for and against. So. Yeah, well, we're not exactly going to say what we're saying is right or wrong. We're just expressing our opinion and we feel like everyone should be able to express their opinion freely without being judged too much to an extent. And that's kind of like the why we've gone for the, the name Degree of Doubt, because we basically want to bring up uh, topics that you might already think is obvious, like it's obvious that we should be supporting Ukraine, even if it's a Premier League football game. Um, but there's genuine reasons why that might not be the case. We might want sport to be completely separate from politics. So I guess just to make us think about it a bit more, but also maybe... Definitely. I, I think as well, we want to try and learn a bit more in see some other opinions because sometimes we are quite biased and biased on certain opinions we have oh, our, we, <laughs> we, we have our thoughts already and i think the way we're going to set this out is we're going to sort of state our opinion at the start of the podcast and then see if our opinion changes at all by the end i think i'll start off with why do you think politics should be involved in sports okay so my, my, my brief house there without thinking about it too too much is that i think as a general rule, no i don't like i don't I think sport is a really important PR of society and people's lives. And as soon as particularly government-mandated political involvement, i.e. sanctioning football clubs or sporting clubs for political reasons, I think can be dangerous because it can affect not just like the owners in the case of a brand which I'm sure we get onto, but it actually affects the working class people and the everyday people that need sport as a release and sportsmen who, who don't do it. I think there's small caveats to that and I'm sure I can get into it later, but that's, that's actually quite interesting because we, we've discussed a lot about what we're going to talk about in this podcast, but we haven't actually asked each other that. And I was I was almost expecting you to say yes, because in my opinion, is it should be. I think we have to be really careful about it. And I don't think it should be, the, the again, I think the main reason for sports is for enjoyment of the actual game or whatever you're watching. But I think, I think it's so hard to... Let's, let's face it, politics is in everything we do, if we like it or not. And I think that's why... We've got to, I think it should be included just because it's, it is in everything. So we've got to find a way to work with it. And we disagree or ever. Yeah, already. so that's, that's the first podcast and we, also, we, we disagree. So uh, let's see how it goes. So we'll should, we, um, well, should we just, well, let's start with the one we refer to a lot, which is something that we've spoken about off, like, off recording quite a bit already, um, but haven't really got opinions on. Maybe we can just talk about, like, so in the recent, in the recent, in the last two weeks, in the, well, last week really in the UK, um, the British government sanctioned Roman Abramovich, the only Chelsea football club, um, and basically froze all of his UK-based assets, which includes Chelsea Football Club, which is valued at something around, I think, £4 billion at the moment. 
and uh, basically just silly money in itself. Oh yeah, silly money. Maybe another podcast on that. Um, and yeah, so the, so the current context is, is obviously he's been sanctioned. The football club have now been told they can't sell tickets. So like everyday people can't buy tickets. They can't sell shirts or any sort of merchandise. Um, and they've been restricting the amount of money they can spend on things like travel to away games, um, as well as like they've been even restricting on how much food they can serve at grounds and stuff to basically stop the income, um, which obviously is in an attempt to reduce the power of Abramovich, who has got close links to Putin. So do you have initial... Go on. Obviously, the massive issue is there is that, is, yes, we are trying to stop people close to Putin, but this is also massively affecting English and British people and also fans across the world who aren't, uh, who is, isn't affecting as well, um, because their football, especially Premier League, is a mass, massive international um, sport. It's watched worldwide um, and it's one of the big teams in Europe and has been for the last at least 10 years. 10 plus more years. So it's, it's affecting more than just um, the Russians. Yeah. So right. I, think, I think that's a very, very important thing to discuss. But the thing is, I think that's a double-edged sword, and this kind of comes on to sort of what you said at the outset. If it affects more people, then um, then it has a, it's a bigger weapon for change. Yeah, yeah. And, I, the, I more, that, yeah. and the more people it affects, so it's one of those things, the more people it affects, it's a double-edged sword. It could affect a lot of people negatively, but then it also could have a massive positive impact because it has such a large audience. Yeah, and that 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 is a thing. Well, is it really going to make Putin think? Oh, is he doing bad? But well, I think it's it obviously going to affect the people. Well, um, I think this is this is okay. So maybe the first thing about this then, and this is my my might have an issue with it, is is what is the change? What are you the mechanisms of change you're actually trying to make? Yeah. So in this instance, it's I'd say it's very different from something like um, a political protest, like. Well, not that I really think it's political. I actually think it's, like, it's, a, it's a good thing that should happen. But like, for instance, taking the knee or like using... Muhammad Ali might be a good example. He used his his platform to basically voice concerns about the war in Vietnam. Now, there's one thing about raising concern. I don't think what the British government are trying to do is trying to raise concern. I think what they're actually trying to do is like financially limit someone so that they can't support Russia. And I think that changes... Obviously, they're, they're, they're two separate issues because it's not just about having a large audience that you can raise an issue to. It's about actually having those sort of like physical uh, financial implications on somebody. Um, really do you, do you agree with what's happened? Do you agree with what the government's done? If you also, it, it's a bit interesting that they've, they've given them two weeks basically to try and sell it and then they've now said, oh, it's time's up. Now, now you can't do it. Um, and I also find it's interesting that they won't let them sell the club because they could just let them sell the club now and seize the assets, and then Chelsea wouldn't be in this sticky situation mm. it is now. But I think stick to the point where should the U- should the UK government get involved in this? Well, let's say okay. Let's just assume because one question I was going to raise is: Is it actually going to be effective in stopping Putin? Is this actually going to make a difference? So let's just say just for the for, the, for this question, let's just say it does. Let's say that the UK government, by sanctioning, do put any sanctions on Chelsea, will limit Putin. Yeah. Okay. Does that? And then compare that on one side to does that justify basically risking people's jobs? They reckon Chelsea could go in liquidation in 17 days because they yeah. don't have an income. And who, and who is that really going to affect? Exactly. And who's that going to affect? Um, yeah. So, do, do you, well, do we think that justifies that? Um, I, I, it's one of those where I, I agree with it to an extent. And then there's so many flaws in it. I don't feel, feel that well, it, it's standard. We won't go into it too much, but standard our government. Doing something and they're not really thinking about any backup plans or what or what to do. 
um, or how to help the club get out of this situation, especially the players and the thing. The players not so much because I think it's hard to, they are earning a lot of money. But you think about the canteen ladies and the, and the guys working in the back room and all, all, all that type of stuff who, who could possibly lose their jobs. And that, that is their, they need that to survive, especially with everything rising to crazy amounts of money it, like it is right now. Um, I think also like there's also like the sort of the principal point about like if you think particularly football in Britain, right? Like across the board, it's like what pe- a lot of people live for. Like it is a lot. It's like a social identity. Maybe not so much with Chelsea, but also like I think you know, I think about clubs like Liverpool and stuff where people have grown up in a city. It's, it's almost religion. In some That's, yeah, hundred percent. It's a hundred percent religion. It's your culture, and it's like you live or die by it. And then to basically say, oh, you can't engage in that. It's like we are limiting our own culture and our own sort of expression in an attempt to basically punish someone that is nothing to do with anyone at Chelsea Football Club apart from one man. Yeah. And I think that I think about sporting athletes that have spent their whole careers devoted to a sport and now they're being restricted in their ability to perform at the highest level because well, yeah, because one man that had nothing to do with them has done something that the UK government and the majority of the world disagree with. Well, going to your very first point you've even stated, it's just like, should, should sport be pure? So should, if we weren't involved in politics, if we just banned all politics from sports, would this would this still be done? Could, could we still do it or would we have to stay stayed right out of, out of the situation? Yeah. Well, maybe why don't we just expand it a bit more broadly? So rather than just like the UK government banning it, like uh, I think were you at Carrow Road for a Norwich game the other day? Where were you there when everyone held up like Ukraine flags, Ukraine flags and yeah, the whole stadium? So they basically yeah. some people had like blue flags, some people had yellow flags, and the whole stand was a Ukrainian flag. It looked really cool. And it's really interesting. There's been lots of criticism of that because there was a case a couple of years ago where Paul Pogba held up like a Palestine flag, which is another country that is rife with sort of political tensions at the moment and, and like literally a war and being oppressed by Israel. And I think, I'm trying to think of other examples. Yeah, so uh, Pep Guardiola also football wears the Catalonian um, badge of independence. And he gets fined every single week he wears that as a little yellow ribbon yeah. because it's deemed like, no, sport isn't a place for politics. And the reason that's always been argued is because we don't want, well, sport has an immense power to bring people together from different like races, cultures, ethnicities. And for instance, I think, I think football, we know most about football, but football particularly has such a power to be like, it doesn't matter what language you speak or what disabilities you have. If you can enjoy a sport, then you can connect with someone. 100%, yeah. And if you start putting things like... It's, it's a language of its own, really. But then I think as soon as you start, let's say, raising a Palestinian flag, like now that is just... Like, the area of Palestine, we don't need to get into it too much, is basically a disputed like land between Israel and the, and the Palestinians. Now, there are people on both sides, obviously, who think they're right, and there's people on both sides that agree with the other side as well. And um, I have to say that I don't think there are too many Palestinians that agree <laughs> agree with Israel. <laughs> but there are there are Jewish people in and outside Israel that also uh, believe Palestine um, should should be its own independent state. But the moment you hold up a flag, it's divisive. It's saying we think this particular thing, and that can exclude people and make people feel they're not welcome, whether they're right or wrong. And part of my argument at the outset is kind of I think sport should be a place where no matter what the hell is going on in the world. No matter how bad things are, whether people are dying or what, there should be safe spaces for us to go to a football pitch, watch or play football, yeah, and enjoy and that. That that is my that is my one sort of calm against politics in sports is just because we believe something to be right over here. If that's gone on the international st- stage being watched everywhere, that's not going to be someone else's opinion elsewhere in the world. And who says we're right just because that's our beliefs? Who, says, who says we're right to express those opinions? 
Um, but, I also, I, but I also do believe it can do a lot of good for the world um, by rate, like, so it's taking the knee, for example. I know it had a lot of backlash, but I think it, it's trying to raise the issue of racism in, in the country and, and the world. I think it, even if it, even though it had that backlash, it's still got people talking about it. And you can say that is a, is a benefit within sports. Do you, do you, out of interest, do you think taking the knee and like a Black Lives Matter protest, would you count that as politics? Yes. Interesting. And because my instant reaction, and this is my sort of leveling echo chamber, chamber speaking, is that it's not politics, it's something different. It's like racism is wrong, it's not a political question. Racism is wrong. Oh, I agree, racism. racism. No, no, but what, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying it's like a. Because not everyone might, not everyone's going to agree. So then, is, yeah, maybe, it's a, maybe everything's a political question. And I, and I think there is. I think everything, you, everything we do is involved with politics, no matter what you do. If you go for for where you can walk, where you can drive, so it, it is it is involved in everything we do. If we like, is, it is, is, is should murder be illegal? A political question. Yeah. Okay. No, that's interesting, and I, I probably would lean towards that. Um, can I just pick up it, a point? Even oh, if it has very loose terms, it's still I guess it's slightly political. tied in. Yeah, it's, it's political. It's yeah. like how do we want our society to be structured? Yeah, exactly. And that and that that's that's the slight kind of could we believe something over here? Should everyone believe that? Even if they, if they well, can I, can, I, can I pick you up on a point? Because yeah. you said, um, yeah, you said basically the one problem with using sport is effective, I'm paraphrasing you, used as a vehicle for change is that what happens if our moral position or like what we think is right isn't necessarily what is actually right, it's just what we think. So therefore that's arguably an argument for not using party in sport. However, the UK government do have to decide what's right or wrong and they have to use mechanisms like they say, really obvious example, murder is wrong. Therefore, we are going to put police on the streets to help prevent it and to arrest people that do it. So we do every day in every country in the world, governments decide what is right or wrong and they use whatever power they can to make that change. So I know we're sort of having each other's points here now, but so what, why is, why are we saying that sport should be exempt for that? It isn't, why should sport not be like, I don't know, a police force or a taxation system? It's just a mechanism for getting through the change that we think is yeah. right or wrong. My, my, my point as well, but also as soon as you say, as soon as sports say, okay, we're not allowed to express any political view, that's also politics within the game saying you're not allowed to express yourself. That's a very good point. Um, and are we, then, are we then saying you're not allowed to express yourself? Is that wrong? If you celebrate at the end of a score and a goal, is that wrong because you're expressing your emotions? No, because I, I still I think that like within, we gen, well, most people generally agree that we shouldn't have as much freedom as possible. But I still think that there's a time and a place to express that freedom. For instance, like flip it the other way, I have the freedom to play sport. Yeah. I can't go into a library and start kicking a football around. Yeah. And that, that's not, I mean, it well, is, you could, but you'd be quick. Yeah, to exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so it is a restriction on my freedom, but the idea to maximize freedoms across, across benefit, society. It's benefit, benefit everyone, everyone else. Yeah, you've got to. Else the library's going to be there. Because just, some people have the freedom to read a book. Yeah. And I guess the, that, the way that translates into sport is you have the freedom to play sport and you have the freedom to express a political opinion. But if you start expressing a political opinion in sport, i.e. holding up a Palestine flag or ho holding up a, um, a Ukrainian flag, yeah. then at that point, are you excluding people from sport and therefore creating unsafe spaces, even emotionally, perhaps physically? Um, at, at that point, yeah, then, then you are restricting people's freedom by using your freedom. You kind of get me. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I think it might even be interesting to talk about some sometimes where it it's worked well put politics into sports. Like you said, what a lot of things that Ali stood up for, um, taking the knee, um, 
in the Olympics with the the, the Black Power sign. Yeah. Um, and then, but also, can we think of any negatives where it's also harms what's going well, on? Um, because you, you, you have to remind me of the date of the, the Olympics, but I'm pretty sure they, they, Nazi, they had, they had yeah. Nazis flags everywhere. Yeah, and it was it was held in Berlin, but, yeah. and Hitler Hitler refused to give a medal to Jesse Owens, who was a black sprinter who won yeah. the gold. And what's really interesting about that is that if we're saying the UK government can say everyone at Premier League games should show solidarity with Ukraine, yeah. the UK in the UK made that rule. Yeah. If Germany in 1936 made that rule in Germany, yeah. are we not saying that they should be allowed to do that? Because yeah. that was the political opinion of not only Hitler, but the majority of people at the time in Germany. Whereas I know we've, so we don't whereas, agree whereas I know we've mentioned a lot about taking the knee, but there's many players that don't take the knee. And there's also many players that do. Same within things like Formula One. They do, before the race, um, some, some of the drivers take the knee and some just stand there. And then again, that's the, they're allowed to express their opinion if they want to or not by... What they do, so they're they're, they're given that freedom of where they they want to express their political view. Um, where, but whereas sometimes in sport, like you said about the uh, Palestinian flag, then they're not not allowed to show it at all. So should we be allowed that freedom? But then also, is that should, where do we get to that point where you're not allowed to show? Because well, can I can I ask you then if we, if we sort of lean towards the because I agree I agree with um, I'd still. Have more discussion about whether taking the knee I can as a political question, but let's say it is, and that's made really positive change. And that's got like Jackie Robinson in, in uh, Major League Baseball, like is an example of really sort of showing, um, yeah, in promoting minority rights. I think, but the issue is that like, if we're saying, okay, you can do the Black Power sign on the Olympic podium, you can take the knee before a Premier League football game, does that then give freedom to people that have opinions that we don't agree with, i.e., being gay is wrong or? Um, yeah, that's probably a good example. Being gay is wrong. Are we then saying that those people also have freedom to do that at a football game? Yeah, that, that, and that's what I was trying to ask earlier. It's like, if, if, like I said, because I, I do think I think it's almost impossible not to have politics in sport, even if we don't or do want to. Um, and yeah, it's just like, and it, it, it's so difficult because if we, if we are allowing it, where do we draw the line? Because obviously, with, with a t-shirt like that, we wouldn't agree with saying gay is wrong. Yeah, um, but there's going to be people that. Agree with it and think it's right, and is are we allowed to come down on them for expressing their opinion? You know, it is right or wrong because we we're saying we want to be able to express our opinion, or I'm saying I want to people might, to be able so to. Why can't people express their opinion even if it's one we don't agree with? And and I think that is the I think that is the most difficult point. Yeah, and that and that's why part of me make part of me leans towards keeping sport. This yeah, as, I, I agree with you. Politics is everywhere. We can't escape it. But keeping obvious politics at sport. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps I can proceed because this might be something that I think I initially think and we can explore maybe. Is it different depending on who's making the political gesture? So what I mean by that is if it's the sportsmen, and I can't remember their names, but like you said, they at the uh, I think it was one of the Olympics in the 80s, um, three African-American men did the Black Power sign. On the no, podium. It, was, it was two. I've actually got the information written, written down in front of me. In 1968, um, in Mexico City, it was... Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Okay. Um, and they were actually expelled from the Olympics after the Black Power sign, but they actually kept the medals, which is which is quite which is nice to know. Okay. Well, they're badass, first of all. So, that, <laughs> that, so um, what I'm saying is that that was the sportsmen using their using their platform, literally and, and metaphorically, to express an opinion. Yeah. Is it different when governments get involved and say to like the UK government has said to um, Grant, um, to Roman Abramovich, you cannot, Chelsea cannot operate. 
or the, let's say, the, hypothetically, the UK government mandated all Premier League clubs to do a minute's applause for Ukraine at the start yeah. of every game. Does that change if it's not the individual sportsman doing it? Is that, and what I'm saying is, is, is there I, a moral I, difference? I personally think that's when it becomes more scary. When, I agree. When, when, because you only have to look in some countries where the governments really do control the people, what yeah. they think and do. Um, and I, I think it is scary that it doesn't take very long for countries to be able to get that power and start doing those type, type of things as well. Um, whereas I think if it's an individual who's actually been affected by those situations and they're trying to express their opinion and let people know what they're suffering with, I think that is different than an actual a group of leaders telling you what you should and shouldn't think. Mm. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot more risk behind, behind that. Um, but again, but then there's I've got another I just thought another example where I think politics has done has been used in sports and and brought brought a country together. Let's look at the South African rugby team, rugby team yeah. um, where there were Invincibles uh, is it Invincibles the movie. Is, is that Invictus, Invictus, yeah. Um, where they tried they basically brought a nation together by by playing by playing a sport. Um, but again, I, I suppose. Didier with, Drogba but, and Ivory Coast. But, but I suppose within. But now thinking about it, I suppose within that rugby team, they weren't actually expressing their political exactly. view. They were just saying, "Look, we can actually play together, and let's let's come together and, and win this as a as a community, as a country." And and again, there were still issues afterwards, and there still is issues going on. But I, it it did help. And yeah, and the, again, I think there might be a slight difference because like, the example I immediately think. I can't believe I haven't thought of before with Didier Drogba basically ending a civil war in Ivory Coast. Yeah, yeah. And what he did was he basically organised for the matches that were going to be played in Ivory Coast. We played in a rebel-held area yeah. of Ivory Coast and basically showed that they were one country. Yeah. And it worked. But I wonder whether there's a difference in those, and I might be wrong here, but there's a difference when like the South African team or, or the case of Ivory Coast, basically they, there was politics surrounding them. They brought, well, in the South African case, people from different ethnicities and played in the same team. But there wasn't the, well, maybe there was a bit of discussion. Maybe we'd have to look at this. But what feels different about this case is that we, or, or what's going on now with Abramovich and the other examples we've used, is that it's almost like government mandated or it wasn't like an actual sign like everyone in the stadium holds up a singular flag. And it wasn't like, and all those flags were been placed out by people before they got yeah. there. What felt different about that was, and I think maybe what the different examples are, is that people in the case of Africa or the case of Ivory Coast, they just played sport and let politics around it rotate around rotate, that yeah. and then that promoted and I, it. And I, I almost think if we were to have politics and sports, that's almost the way to do it rather than telling people what to think because that is almost, you get that community spirit and you get into people, it's almost getting people to realise what's right and wrong without telling them. It's just that it's naturally coming to them but thinking, oh yeah, we are different in this team. Oh, we can actually play together. Oh, actually, we, we, we actually, we work better together. And that, that's, that, that's, it's not someone telling you that. That's you seeing it and realising it in almost self-education. Does, okay, now I guess I'm going to sort of flip on its head again. Yeah. Does that change if the, let's say hypothetically in South Africa, it was, um, they didn't include any black players and it was all white players. But someone in the government said, we should mandate the South African team to include at least 40% black players. Yeah. And it will improve national unity. Yeah. And then the politicians forced politics onto the team in the name of progress, rather than vice versa, where we're saying, where, where, where they're trying to do something objectively good and they're trying to use sport for that. 
because that's similar to these situations. Yeah, and I think again, I think that because there's a lot plenty of those situations that happen happen all the time, and you, you see you do see the great good for it, but you also see well, actually, someone who really deserves to be in that team losing out. Mm. Um, and I I always think that's done wrong because I always think. Okay, if we if you're looking if you've got a team of just all one ethnicity, why is there not other other players in there? Should, are, first of all, is there good enough players being there? If there is, then mm. let's get them in there. If there's not, why not? And we've got to look at right back the cultural to, reason. Back right back to the sort of like grassroots and things like that. Is like why are these young players not either not getting into it or why are they not getting picked? Is it not getting picked because also things like racism, but those things could be linked more closely than you than you sort of suggesting. That. I think because one, let's say one of the examples is they don't have role models, so they yeah. don't see. I mean, there's loads of examples like you don't get that many bad male ballerinas because there's not that many male ballerinas. Yeah. Well, there are. Yeah. Actually, that's a bad example. But, um, <laughs> but I guess the point is, is that they don't have role models. So the government looks at that and say, all right, well, let's mandate that we have forty percent black players in the team, and therefore we create more models, so then more people want to join. Yeah. So I, I think it is. It's a bit more tied than that. Let me make a counterpoint to my whole sort of point and see and, and, and see where you stand. I basically want to argue that sport should always be sport should always be used for politics. Okay. Yeah. And it comes back. I think we've sort of come across it. We've discussed it a little bit already. But basically, as a democracy, as a government, or whatever you think of the government, regardless, the government has to try and make society better, or a good yeah. government should. Do. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said before, great. it has a tons of tools at its disposal to do that. It can make new laws. It can. It has a police force. It has an army. It makes trade agreements with other countries, a million things. But it also has in its in its culture, in its country, and in most countries do, a massive sporting audience. So you have a lot of people watch the World Cup, for instance. You have a lot of people um, tune into the Premier League every week and across all sports like cricket, rugby, etc. And if I'm trying to make positive change in my society, why should I not use one of the most powerful tools I have at my disposal, whether that is to improve racial diversity or whether that's to um educate people on politics i like i think we had the brexit referendum imagine if like we'd used politics as sport to try and educate people on a referendum that's coming up so maybe perhaps like if we do want to make society better for all people we need to try and reach as many people as we can yeah and sport can be a huge weapon in that fight yeah i agree and it almost when i look at it from that perspective it almost becomes a moral obligation i'm trying to tackle racism why would I then say, oh, well, we're attacking racism, but not in this area? Yeah, but I think as well, you have to look at the, like the England team in the Euros, where they had a lot of backlash from for some reason for taking the knee. I was mm. amazed to hear that. But um, uh, And they were saying, oh, it's terrible that these England players have, have been they're forced to do it and they're doing that. And then the whole England team actually came out and said, no, no, we, we decided to do it as a team yeah. because we believe it's sending the right message. Um, and... I, I, again, it's an individual. The team came together and said, "Oh, I think this is a is a view we need to share." Mm. Um, okay, but let, let let me try and pin you down that point. Do you think, let's say the the law you're trying to pass or the people the, the way you're trying to change society is objectively good, just for the, the yeah. state of this, right? You are trying to you're trying to pass a law that will basically reduce discrimination or trying to educate people on racism. As a government, do you should you? I'm not saying like could you sh- should you force the England team to take the knee. No. Even if you know even if you know it's gonna have a positive outcome. No. I I, why not? I I I generally don't. Why why do I not? Um because you're telling somebody they've got to express an opinion even if they don't agree with it. And that's when I think that's wrong. 
even if even if you think it's doing it for the best, if you're making someone express an opinion they don't believe, I don't think they should have to okay. express it. Hypothetically, then I yeah. do like a hypothetical. I'm saying, okay, hypothetically, you've got an England team and the government deciding whether they're going to force the England team to take the knee. Yeah, and there are players within that team that don't agree with taking the knee for whatever reason. Well, we, 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 you don't even have to use the hypothetical. You could go to the yeah. NFL where they're not allowed to take the knee. Okay, yeah, they're not allowed to take the knee. I guess my issue, the reason I I want to use the example is I want to do something that the majority of us. Okay, well, like, well, no, no, because my issue is I want the policy to be a good policy. Yeah, like okay. we know it's doing good. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, okay. stick, stick to okay. so then they. I'm sure there's an example we could think of. Um, okay, I've got an actual real world example. Okay, um, one, in the uh, well, last century now, when there was in the 80s when there was apartheid South, uh, in South Africa, yeah. and basically black people lived in second class systems. Yeah, um, the cri- uh, national cricket teams basically decided they would boycott playing South Africa in any any cricket game yeah. until apartheid ended. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, let's say that there were players within the England cricket team. Wanted to, they still wanted to play yeah. South Africa, yeah. and they were forced not to play South Africa. Yeah, and let's say that by forcing the team not to play South Africa, yeah, okay, you knew apartheid would end quicker. So we know that that's going to have the yeah. positive change you want. Yeah. But the England team still want to play South Africa. Yeah, are you right and fair in stopping the England team playing South Africa? I even if the it, whole team want to it's, play. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those where I agree with what they're doing, but I don't. I don't think I agree with the moral of the, the of what they're saying is right. We're doing it because of this situation, and this will help help them out. But I think if really they wanted to play them, then I think you should let them play. Even if let me remind you of the consequences. Uh, yeah, I people, know people died and suffered yeah. under apartheid. Yeah, and the uh, thing is, I'm, I'm pinning on this. I semi agree. It's one of those where what I want, say if it, it was happening, would I want them to play them? Absolutely not. If they really wanted to, it's their freedom. And and but also, I think it was one of those where if they did do it, I think they would receive a huge amount of backlash. And I can't imagine. I'm, I've been wrong, and I'm being wrong you again. You can the question. That's, uh, you can dodge, you can I, I've the been question. wrong. I've been wrong again. But I can't imagine the team would want to do it. But if they did, I think a lot of people would boycott watching it, and mm. uh, I think they would lose probably sponsors and money. Perhaps and. Maybe fine, but I think if they wanted to do it, it's, yeah. it's been their right to do it. Um, okay. Even if I even if I disagree with it, even that, even if that led to another year of oppression of black people in South Africa. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pushing push yeah, really yeah, hard for it. But, no, but I, it's I, a horrible thing to say because I, I don't, I don't agree. I wouldn't agree with it. It's, it's the method of it and the method of it. Um, to, back, to back you up, though, I think, and you've said this before, the problem is as soon as you start doing that, you make it legitimate for other states to also do that. Yeah. Like, now imagine Putin or China or even Donald Trump in America started doing the exact same thing. And that's why I wanted to avoid the not allowed to take the knee one. Yeah. Because that's the exact same reverse. If a government starts going, we think taking the knee is wrong, it's yeah. wrong on every level, yeah. you're not allowed to do it. So whilst in the, the point I've really pushed you on, is like a really harsh one because we actually agree, we fully agree that like obviously apartheid is terrible. The problem is then you open yourself up to a government doing whatever it thinks is right and using any means necessary. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not sure how many politicians and governments around the world I actually trust to actually do what's right. Yeah, but in the, in the uh, more relevant is back to Russia where a lot of the international team said we don't want to play Russia in any international competitions and then um, well, again, it was, I think the UEFA, rather than the actual government, said, oh, yeah, they're not going to be playing. But before the players came out and said, we don't want to play against them, and then bigger 
bigger, more powerful organizations came in and went, okay, yeah, we, you don't want to do it. We don't think it's good, so we agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's actually listening to the, the I know called, called the little people, they're listening to them and saying, okay, this is what you want. We agree with what you want, so we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's almost a good way to do it. If you're listening to what the people actually want and you're hearing their opinion, and then like governments go, okay, we agree with that. Let's 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 do what you want, and then I think that's instead of the governments coming out straight away saying you need to do this or that, that's a, a, a lot less scary I'm, way. In my, my opinion, I'm really glad. You, I'm really glad you brought this up. I think the problem is with that point is for me, and I might sort of agree with you really, but the reason I sort of cringe at it, not cringe. Oh yeah. uh, no, I agree. I, I me me. Some of the, you push me you, you no, no, but I think, and I was sitting there thinking it's, good it's a horrible situation to say no, yes, I think, I think the, the problem is, is more yeah no I'm trying to raise on about um, you saying about following what the people want yeah okay and I was really glad you mentioned it because I was just looking down at my notes and I just thought oh there's a good example here again that falls into the problem that what is if the majority of people either fans or voters or whatever want something that is objectively wrong so I'm trying to think so an example I'm I don't. I want to bring up a new example that might not have. I'm not going to push you to support apartheid, um, <laughs> which of course you don't. Um, yeah, um, won't clear that. Yeah. Probably um, for all of our two listeners. To get. <laughs> um, James McLean is an Irish footballer. Yeah. Um, and every year on Remembrance Sunday, there is obviously football because it's a Sunday, and yeah. everyone. Um, it's not hundred. It's not law that all footballers then have a kit printed with a poppy on it. Yeah. James McLean refuses to wear the poppy because he says that a lot of British wars, which the poppy commemorates, is actually killing Irish people. Yeah. Um, and being a proud Irishman, um, he refuses to wear the poppy. He says he doesn't disrespect and he wants to respect the dead in war of yeah. all countries. Yeah. But the poppy specifically. So my question is, I reckon if we did a poll, and this I might be wrong, the vast majority of football fans on yeah. instinct would say they disagree and they, he should show some respect and wear the poppy. I I, I I feel like he's also expressed his opinion very clearly and he hasn't been disrespectful about it. But and I, I feel like he should have that freedom to not to not wear one. Um, do you see how that counters your last po- the point about following fans? My question is, is that, let's say... Again, but, but again, I was talking about fans and majority, so... It's, it, let's, let, let's say 90% of fans said, yeah. said they infused every football fan, yeah. They said ninety percent of fans said if you're in England playing football in England yeah. on Remembrance Sunday you have to wear a poppy on your kit. James McLean he was playing for West Brom and Stoke I don't know exactly where he is now but let's say he's in England yeah. If the vast majority of people do you reckon that the FA Premier League the UK government should back that referendum of ninety percent? But yeah, fans? just because just because I was saying earlier that's what the people wanted and the government then went okay yeah that's what we wanted as well or we agree with it. And I said, in those situations, they don't have to get involved, not all the time. And I, th- I think this is a, I think is a, it's a lot minor of a situation as well. It's not as big a situation. It is, in in my opinion, the poppy is to just for the fallen, no matter what war, even if the wars were wrong at the time, it's for the fallen people. Because let's face it, a lot of people that were in the forces are in the forces might not be in situations that they want to be fighting. And you hear stories coming out of Russia, a lot of the Russian fighters don't want to be there. But if they don't do what they're told, you can be severely punished. Especially if you go back 60, even 70 years ago, you can be really severely punished for something. And and, and it's the same when, uh, I can't remember when it was, but England International Duties weren't actually allowed to wear the poppy because 
they said it was their political status yeah. they were doing. And England were like, no, we're not, we're not celebrating our wars here. Yeah, we're not. Like... We're, 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 it's, it's for the fallen. Um, so you think Jay's brigade should wear a poppy? I, I again, it's not something I'd force him to wear, and and I think his his opinion of the poppy is maybe different from my opinion of the poppy, but. I, I, I understand and respect. So you, you, I, I understand and respect where he's coming you, from. You broadly support like individual freedoms. Yeah. To do it. Yeah. Obviously, if he wanted to wear a swastika on his shirt. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was wondering. When it was <laughs> I was wondering when it's going to come up. Um, and again, that's where it gets. That's where it gets interesting. But I feel like again, if the poppy had a different, it resembles something different than the fallen in, in wars. I think he, he, people have more of a right to say you shouldn't be able to wear it. Whereas the swastika... So you don't think he has much of a right to wear it? I'm confused what you said. Because you, you're defending wearing the poppy quite adamantly. I'm defending why wearing it, but I'm also fully respective of people who don't want to wear it. I feel if you don't want to wear a poppy, then, then yeah. why why should you? Um, and like I said, he's come out and said it's not because he's disrespecting the dead. It's because he feels like... The wars his people yeah. been in suffered at the heart, at the hands of, of British British invasions and wars, which which is a which is a fair point. Um, but also, and, it, and it's a bit tricky because this swastika obviously does have a the horrible. Well, we don't even everyone knows what it. Can I can I know that means? But I, but then then his opinion of the poppy could be the same as what people think about the swastika. So yeah. I know I am contradicting myself so, a bit. Well, but I, I feel and I feel there's small. Small differences within it make very big differences. Well, the other thing is, this podcast never meant to be trying to find an answer, is it? Is is that's basically a lot of it's just us rambling on the random subject. Well, just just really quick because we're hitting the 40 minute mark now, so maybe we'll sort of like wrap up our final opinions. Let's say I I just want to ask you one more question before okay, can uh, I? I'll make one more point and then you make a point, point. and then we'll just cut it in post. Yeah, after 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 the reason I sort of raised the question and it comes back to almost what we started saying at the beginning, yeah, about. Um, whether whether certain signs or political statements excluded people from sport, and that's why I think maybe, well, maybe the poppy does. It kind of excludes James McLean, but something with the swash digger it effectively says, I mean, we can people might well, it does. I think most people agree. It says like the swash digger says white people, the Aryan race, are better than other people. It's exclusionary in its very essence. Yeah, and that is why wearing something, let's say the poppy, we agree, or or we say we have like. LGBTQ month or something, where all the Premier players wear rainbow laces. Actually, having political invert um symbols and statements that are trying to include people in sport is very different to having political statements that exclude people. And I wonder yeah. if that's where we sort of draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, back to my question that I had um, before you rambled on for about half an hour. But, uh, <laughs> um, so also, you st- you started the podcast by saying you don't think politics should be in sport. How how would we go about not including any politics in sport? I know it's a very wide and open question, but I think if you're saying politics should be involved, I think we've got to figure out how it wouldn't be. And if if it was to change my mind that we shouldn't have politics in sports, I need to know how that's going to come about. Okay. My instinct reaction on this, and this might change over over time, my instinct reaction is, is that I think as a general rule, there should be a blanket ban on statements, symbols, um, speeches, um, organi- orga- uh, events organized that send messages out that aren't directly focused on that sport. 
Okay. So I think, and that's where I think I can draw the line between taking the knee, because it's an attempt to root out racism. I know more broadly, but also in football. For instance, there's no gay Premier League football players that we know of. Yeah. So having a movement within football about promoting gay rights, I think is something that is totally viable. The moment that comes about Ukraine or about Palestine or about, I don't know, abortion or anything like that, um, one thing we haven't touched on is sort of the, the Celtic Rangers uh, religious disputes. And I think the moment it becomes something outside football, then it becomes divisive and it becomes exclusionary. And that's the one thing sport can never become. So what I would say is blanket ban on flags, statements. Um, so if you had a Ukrainian player in the, let's say the Premier League, which there are, and then he scored a goal or after the game, then stopped, brought a flag on or had a top underneath, which had a Ukrainian flag to support, support the country, would you, would you ban that? Because that is involved in the sport because that is a Ukrainian player. I think under my, it's really hard. I think because although I agree what the statement they're doing, I don't think they've anything got wrong with using their platform as a footballer, yeah. but perhaps not on the football pitch. The and whilst the Ukrainian flag, I think, is not a divisive one, yeah. because I think the vast, vast majority of people are on the same side of it. Even Russians living abroad and Russians in Russia yeah. support support that statement. I think the issue is you open yourself up to where do you draw the line? At what point? Like, do I do I then want Scottish players using their their voice for a Scottish referendum on the football pitch when there are plenty of Scots? Yeah. And particularly, I'm thinking Glasgow Rangers. If a player came out and said leave the union, or a player came out and said stay in the union, I think that caused division within the stadium or within fans. And I think if they use their platform on social media, out off the football pitch, outside the stadiums, because of the fame they've got on the pitch, I think that's different. Because to me, it still, it still sounds like you do you are having politics involved in the sport, but only to an extent so that you're almost controlling what and cannot be said within the sport, which is also dangerous within itself. I just think the sport, I, I don't think we can ever get rid of self-commentary. What I'm saying is if, if football tries to improve itself, whether it's on racial division, whether it's on changing, bringing in the offside rule, sports should be allowed to have a commentary and discussion and discourse within themselves. It feels hard to me when I go play football on a Sunday. I don't want to be walking out onto that football pitch thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get into a political debate about Brexit or about Palestine or I'm going to come up against a team that are going to be really pro, um, pro-life pro or something. And they use their voice to do that. That's not something that sports should be there for because there's so much benefits to physical and mental health and social well-being. And I think we don't want to create those divisions. But like you say, you can't completely restrict politics from sport. And I think trying to limit sport and, te- and making sure sport is only talking about the sport itself and not wider political issues, I think, could be, a, could be where I draw the line. Okay. And perhaps, you know what, that almost works as much. So should we sort of sum up now? Yeah. yeah that's so kind what, of my what, summary anyway. That, 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 I think that's my summary. And I'm, I'm still sticking to, yes, it should be in sports. But also just because I believe we can never separate it. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think we have to be careful and and be aware of what we're saying. Um, and I think it has to be kind of a clear message. And I think we need to know exactly where it's coming from, why, why it's coming from. But I never think it should overtake the actual sport itself. I always think, number one, we are here to watch the sport and for enjoyment. It's almost as a secondary message to, because it is such a big audience, let people not to change their opinion but to be aware of the situation more in effect so 
I still I still stick with my original opinion, which is boring, and I hope we do get to. I hope we do do a podcast where one of us it's, does change our opinion at some point. I'm sure that will. Um, I'm, I'm very explosive. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> um, so are you still sticking with yours? No, or are you, you still you yeah. sort of middle ground? So I'm I'm sticking to that the line I just said with the caveat, and this is probably the thing that I find the biggest challenge on myself now. That if you are trying to do good as a government, which government should be. Do you have a moral obligation to do any means necessary? And I kind of think back to that South Africa cricket example. If you could know for certainty that the action of banning teams from playing South Africa cricket would reduce apartheid, do you have an obligation to do that? And if I look at the suffering under systems like apartheid or the Russia invasion, and we knew that sanctions on Abramovich would slow the Russian invasion, I don't know enough about the details, then I almost am leaning towards you have a moral obligation to use sport. But I think that. I think that only sits when you are certain of the outcome and not just the general principle. But as a general rule, yeah, maybe I'm just sort of sat on the fence a bit. And I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because, I, like, like I said, even with me saying yes, I don't think it is a clear yes or no to answer. Um, I, th- I think, I think that I, and again, I think that's what our, these conversations are about is to try and make people think rather than just saying straight away. Yeah. I think if you ask a lot of people, I, th- I think if you, yeah, yeah, very well put. <laughs> I think if, uh, like I said, I think if you ask most people these questions, they just give you a straight cut or no, yes or no, exactly without really thinking about yeah. it. And I think that's what one thing I would credit both of us doing. I mean, we've got many flaws, but I think one thing we're both good at doing is seeing opinions on both sides, um, even if we don't agree, but we can sort of understand. And I think this is where these sort of chats are going and, and the whole point of it. And I've really enjoyed this. this oh, mate, I mean, so I, it's, 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 so, um, yeah, I got we'll, white in my stride. And we'll, 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 see, we'll see how many more we do. And, a few, uh, and then maybe we can give little teasers at the end about what we're going to do next, but yeah. when we planned it a bit more, and this is our trial run. No one might ever hear this. Yeah, we might just get our mum, both, people, our, both our mums listening. And if so, people are hearing this, so shout hi mum, I'm, on, yeah, I'm on a podcast. Shout out to our mums. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cool. Should we, well, should we wrap it up there? Yeah, wrap it up there. And um, hopefully see you next time. I'm well, hoping. I hope you've got a bit of a degree of doubt. So, um, well, I definitely do. Yeah, I think I do as well.